Welcome to Newcastle Going Green, a series of monthly podcasts brought to you by the Sustainability Advisory Board of Newcastle. Each episode will give you information about green initiatives and sustainable options you can find around Newcastle. Hear from experts in various fields, coupled with a neighbor's experience with the practice being discussed during each podcast. On today's episode, we will focus on recycling with guests Diane Chickering and Kathleen Schreiber. Diane Chickering is the recycling coordinator at Sandy Pro Disposal, doing business as Suburban Carding Company. Diane coordinates and participates in all aspects of the proper education in the management of solid waste. This includes municipalities, schools, town buildings, special solid waste districts, and commercial accounts. In addition, Diane is experienced in management of electronic recycling programs, waste compaction management, and various community events such as Zero Waste Day, annual townwide cleanups, and green fairs. Our second guest, Kathy Schreiber, is a Newcastle resident of 25 years. In her professional life, Kathy is the Director of Estimating and Systems for the Supply Chain Division of McGraw-Hill, a learning company and educational publisher. Kathy also spends a lot of her time volunteering on the Sustainability Advisory Board as a board member for now seven years. She is also a longtime volunteer with the Chappaqua Children's Book Festival and the Greeley Wrestling Program. Kathy has led conversation and recycling projects with Polly Cooper, a local chapter of the National Society Daughters of the American Revolution. Today, Kathy will talk to us about her perspective as a resident with recycling. We welcome Diane and Kathy to Newcastle Going Green. Great, and the, the topic that we're going to be discussing today is recycling. People get confused about it. There's a lot of different facts. I'm just going to go through some facts, and then we'll bring Diane in to, to give us the, the down low or the low down as you... So recycling is the process of collecting waste and converting it into new resources. Uh, it helps the recovery of energy. Uh, on a side, it also is it, it, it's a it's a waste. You know, when, when people talk about waste being a problem within the environment, you know, this is something the recycling takes care of to to an extent. Uh, Recycling one glass bottle saves enough energy to light a 100-watt light bulb for four hours. Just think about that. Uh, in a world where landfills continue to grow and over 200 million tons of garbage are thrown out every year in America alone, recycling is a valuable resource. If everyone in America recycled just one plastic bottle, those materials could make more than 54 million T-shirts or about 6.5 million fleece jackets, according to Reprieve data. If everyone recycled one aluminum can, 295 million new aluminum cans could be made. And that's according to the Aluminum Association of uh, Data. However, according to waste management, one in four things thrown into recycling bins across America are not actually recyclable, which presents a problem. 53% believe greasy pizza boxes are recyclable, and 68% of Americans poll think plastic utensils are recyclable. We're going to definitely get Diane to give us info on that. This leads to contamination, which in turn damages recycling facilities, and uh, many viable streams of recycling are sent to landfills. So most importantly, uh, very few things that are recyclable are actually recycled. 80% of recyclable materials end up in those landfills, which is problematic. Uh, so, Diane, uh, welcome again to Newcastle Green. How are you doing today? Great. Thank you for the invitation. 
Good. I hope you had a nice holiday weekend. And of yeah. course, there's a lot of garbage and recycling from, from you know, the holidays coming up. There's another question. So we're, we're, we're focusing on Newcastle to a large extent and then going a little outward on that. Uh, how are recycling rates in Newcastle compared to like neighboring towns? Um, very close. I actually have the numbers from 2019 in front of me. Um, Newcastle uh, is at 54% recycling, and that's pretty much everything in the town of Newcastle. Your neighbor at the town of North Castle was at 55%. Um, and then Bedford, which is another neighboring town, was about 35%. But over the years, North Castle has won um, when Earth Day events were on. You know, with COVID, things have changed the last year or two. But um, usually, North Cat Newcastle's in the top in the top five for the oh. municipalities overall, and all the municipalities. It's a uh, report that the uh, Solid Waste Commission puts out the at the end. Well, it's the beginning of the year, but it's for the previous year. Sounds like uh, Bedford needs to get an act on their recycling. <laughs> it's funny because. Bedford, you know, has has a very good uh, environmental group. So, uh, I, you know, hey. <laughs> I don't know. But it's okay. As long as people are recycling at some to some extent. Uh, but a lot of people don't know about where their recycling goes. And it's picked up from the curb. What happens? Where does it go? How is it separated? Uh, and then I'll follow up with how is it repurposed. So can you give us a little background on what happens? Sure. So um, Santa Pro actually owns and operates Suburban Carding, American Paper Mills, and American Waste. And uh, we actually pick up the curbside, pick up, and then it's sorted at uh, the recycling is brought to American Paper Mills, where it's processed and um the, the, there's a market for the paper fiber and then the transfer of plastic bottles and cans, which we refer to as commingled recyclables, go up to re-community. So, um, and then the food scraps are, that are also picked up at the recycling facility go down to our Mamaroneck facility and then hauled up to Ulster County Food Waste Facility. So, so that's, yeah. Yeah, it goes up a bit. So yes. we're trying to reduce... Uh, I guess travel, you know, when, when, when we think of recycling, we're, we're thinking of close, you know, is it close by, you know, the, the areas that were, but, but what, I mean, I know there's been a lot of trouble of the last couple of years, uh, that a lot, some of the recycling material or a lot of it, the plastic go, would go out and be collected by China and Asian countries and they've stopped doing that. So like, where is that stuff going now? Oh, well, the plastic bottles and cans are actually go up, the commingled go up to re-community where they actually bail it again and sort it further and, 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 and sell it out to the open market, whatever the market is and whatever the economic um, situation is at the time. But it's, it's sorted further and bailed. But when we, when we pick up Newcastles, it's brought to our own facility where it, we pull out the plastic bottles and cans because American Paper Mills is primarily a paper and cardboard plant, which all of which does get sold and, and does go overseas. Mm, you know, unfortunately, it cannot be processed here. We don't have processing plants. 
Wow. Yeah. That, these, are, that, these are primarily transfer transfer stations. Right. There, therein lies a conundrum <laughs> at that point. Uh, so people are recycling. They're, they, they, they're, you know, trying to do their best and, and put things where they should go, but not a lot. Sometimes they don't put things in the right place and they make mistakes. What's like the biggest mistake that people are making uh, when they're recycling and throwing things in that shouldn't be commingled? Well, I think the biggest mistake is um, the misunderstanding of, of aluminum. It's really aluminum, but um, people tend to want to put a stainless steel frying pan, a toaster oven, uh, e-waste, um, sometimes textile recycling will go in there, um, or batteries because they think batteries recycling, but curbside recycling and what we want and what we need is is none of that. No e-waste, no that. So that that's, I think, the biggest problem. I think that some, somewhere along the line we're going to be able to recycle it. But, right. it, but it, it's tough because not everyone is, you know, the, the textiles, people will throw clothes into, you know, a, a garbage can. And right. they think that's okay. Uh, they'll Again, they'll put computers in bed. So are there separate places for the e-waste? Yes, actually, down at the recycling facility you have in Newcastle, um, there's a um, e-waste bin that's right. been there for probably a good eight years. So residents utilize your recycling facility very much. Well, I mean, at this point, you know, we, it used to be like a twice a week thing, and and the, the recycling there was like a double, uh, you know, thing in the back of the truck. But now things changed a bit also because recycling isn't being, you know, they keep blaming, you know, it's going to Asia, it's not being picked up, whatever. But mistakes that people make, I mean, how can we correct that? I mean, how do we get them to do better? Is it something your education, not only through the SAB, but through uh, your, you know, the, the, the pickups that you're making? Sure. Well, the calendar that we do send out, we mail out every year, has pretty good instructions on that. Um, we have flyers like the Dirty Dozen that um, can go on your, your, your. Um, I believe the town of Newcastle has uh, my Newcastle. Um, you can list the Dirty Dozen, which are the plastic bags, uh, not placing stuff inside plastic bags. Um, you can... You can kind of you can advertise a little bit more like that. Um, you could, uh, I mean, I think what the resident really needs to do a little bit more is pay a little bit more attention to rinsing out the containers, to uh, removing the food residue, to um, making sure there's not any e-waste in the containers. Uh, let's see. Um, yeah. What's part of the, the dirty dozen? Can you quickly list it off? Or sure. No plastic bags um, is number one. Number two is no materials inside plastic bags. Sometimes, uh, you know, someone's 
gathering a little bit of recycling, possibly from their car. You have a water bottle, a little plastic lunch container, and they tend just to tie the knot and throw it in the bin. But uh, the, no plastic bags are acceptable, so they really have to be, you know, cut open, tossed in the garbage, and the materials inside have to be rinsed. The water bottle needs to be empty. The the whatever drink you're drinking <laughs> should be emptied so that there's no residue in it. Um, number three is no shredded paper. Um, there is a, a, a bin at the recycling center for shredded paper. We tend not to, uh, when it's collected in the trucks, it tends to crush and then fly all over the road. So if you have a large amount of shredded paper, then we recommend bringing it to the recycling facility. Um, the scrap metal is number four, which is the aluminum pans, a metal spatula, these small things that people want to recycle because they think plastic balls and cans and metal, but it's really plastic balls and cans and aluminum, which is aluminum cans, tomato sauce pans, of course, clean and rinsed. Uh, number five is no hazardous waste, which is like containers of hazardous waste, such as paint, um, automotive fluids. You know, everybody wants to... That motor oil you're putting in the car, but you can't possibly really clean that out with water and rinse it. You'd probably have to soak it um, in uh, Dawn dish soap for, for days. Um, that should not be with the recycling car batteries. Uh, pesticides should be taken to your local hazardous facility, which is in Valhalla, not the recycling center. Um, diapers is number six or any type of biohazardous waste. Uh, number seven is styrofoam. Number eight is uh, crushed cans. You know they prefer to go up the conveyor belt in the eyes of the of the of the of the equipment for these cans not to be crushed. Uh, nine, you should really have no lids on the small containers like water bottles. Number 11 is uh, no ceramics or non-recyclable glass. People also think that they can send a light bulb into the recycling container to be recycled. And again, that's actually considered hazardous waste, so it shouldn't be in there. And then number 12 is no frozen food containers because that has a special wax film on it. Should what not about, really Yeah, milk containers, some do as well, right? So that right, should be that's correct. That yeah, should I go never know first. what to do with my... my Olive oil, I, I the bottles, you know, because I, I if they're so oily, I'm afraid, you know, do they, can you throw those in there, and for the glass part, well, will that contaminate it? If you open, it will make a lot of things very slippery on that conveyor belt at the recycling facilities. But you should probably just, you know, keep it tipped over upside down for as long as you can and let it drain, right, and then right. rinse it a little bit with a little bit of Dawn, and it should be okay. Boy, Dawn is a big thing here. So yeah. so we're heading into the holidays. So I guess what 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 can you just tell our audience about recycling in the holidays and then we'll have to uh get Kathy get get Kathy in. So what what sure. do you have to say um, about holiday stuff? Well, one thing, the biggest question I get asked around the holidays is is wrapping paper recyclable? And the answer is no. Um, but, um, you know, everybody wants to recycle that large amount of it, but it's probably not, um, it, it's not sensible to, for the wrapping paper. Again, there's a wax on it in a film. So, um, 
So residents for the holidays, residents should be mindful of the packaging material that's not recyclable and must be removed from the cardboard boxes. And a lot of multi-boxes have plastic on top of, along with the cardboard. And so that's two type of materials in that box. And that box should be thrown in the garbage. We don't have someone that's just going to rip the, unless you want to rip the plastic off and send the cardboard with the cardboard. But, um, you know, in our conveyor belts and, and transferring, that's just too much but as a resident you could take that extra time and take the plastic off right so the trees what happens to them when they get picked up I'll, i'm gonna end with that <laughs> when your trees get picked up what happens do they get recycled i mean what happens to the trees the christmas trees do go to the organic um uh facilities that uh, newcastle has so one over the second one, not the one in town where they comp do the composting, but the trees go up to that second facility to be composted. Oh. And what happens to them? Because you got to. Oh, well, it gets composted. It gets composted. Okay, good. Mm -hmm. So, great. Well, we thank you so much for, 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 for coming on and giving us some great information. And uh, we'll put in where people can get information on, on Santa Pro and like, new, the new calendar coming up. And uh, we appreciate all the hard work you do to, to try to keep us a little more environmentally sustainable here in uh, Newcastle. So thanks for joining Thank us. You. Thank so, you for having me. Great. So now I'm turning it over to, to Gabriel to speak to Kathy and go ahead, Gabe. Kathy, it's, it's great to have you here. And of course, thank you to everyone for being here. Um, so as the neighbor on this episode, it, it's really interesting to see the sort of Newcastle resident, you know, perspective on all of this. Sometimes recycling can be um, not really tangible. You know, people just recycle to try to help in their own little way, but not a lot of people understand what's up with it or why certain things aren't so recyclable. So I have a few questions here just to kind of have you weigh in as your experience, as to your experience as, you know, a neighbor. So the first question I have is, have you noticed a rise in the popularity of recycling in our community as a whole over the last few years, you know, with the rise of education and environmental articles and whatnot? And all of a sudden my computer is like, oh, you're running out of battery. I'm like, oh, hold in. So give me a second. Um, throw that on here. Um, so I have, um, you know, been involved with recycling. When I first moved to Chappaqua, we had pickup, uh, garbage pickup on two days a week. I want to say it was like Tuesdays and Fridays. We had recycling on Wednesdays. We had bulk pickup every other Friday. Um, and then also lawn waste and cleanup and things like that. So over the years, I've seen how the town of Newcastle has really streamlined the pickup so that your recycling and your garbage pickup are the same day and only once a week. And also your bulk pickup. You know, everything's once a week. So it's, it's much easier. At first, I was, you know, when this happened 20 years ago, I was really stressed about, oh no, what if I miss my garbage pickup day? But with the food scrap recycling program, I don't worry that I'm going to have stinky garbage because I can get rid of it through this food scrap recycling. So I have seen a lot of, you know, different things between the single stream and the dual stream. And right now, Newcastle is uh, in dual stream recycling. So, um, you know, when I drive through town and, you know, it's, it's collection day in the different zones, um, you know, there is a recycling bin at every house. And I, I think it's the law in New York, so we should probably expect that to happen. 
but people generally, I think, want to do the right thing. And the curbside collection is an easy way to dispose of the cartons and the paper products, glass, plastic, and the metal each week, you know, week after week. Um, and I, like I mentioned, the food scrap recycling, I really have enjoyed seeing this, um, especially with the stinky meat and bones that you can't put in, um, that I can't put in my backyard compost pile. Um, and I think this has had a positive response from town to people. In fact, people who don't have a lot of, you know, garage space or they don't even, a lot of people don't have garages in town. They don't have to worry about leaving their garbage bins out anymore because they have the food scraps. You know, they can keep it inside and get rid of it. And then the garbage outside doesn't have anything would, that would attract the wildlife. So that's just like a win-win for everybody. Um, and then also just, you know, it's beyond recycling. It's also how do we reuse things and how do we get rid of things um, outside of throwing it in the garbage and putting it in our recycling. Um, you know, we, we talked about the cardboard recycling, you know, that is a highly recyclable, I work in supply chain. And so, um, um, you know, cardboard is a highly recyclable material. And uh, before the pandemic, this online shopping and food delivery programs really resulted in an increase of cartons arriving at everybody's front door. And unfortunately, what that did is it made it a single use item, you know, something that is can be used multiple times. Um, became a single use item, but I really see where people in our town, they share cartons, they'll give them to someone who's moving, they'll, um, they'll give them to a friend who has an eBay business, so they can reuse it, they'll use it in their garden, um, because it's a great way to get rid of weeds, so they, I love how people are creative and, and, and using things that they might recycle or throw out. And I see that um, all the time, just with, you know, on social media, I see people talking about different ways they can reuse things. It's almost, it's almost like a mindset change. Like you have recycling, not, not just necessarily in itself, but also just the idea of reusing materials has become increasingly popular. That's, that's amazing to hear. So going off of that, um, I'm a high schooler, Aaron is a high schooler. I wanted to ask, do you think about getting the youth involved and how do you think the best way to do that is what what are some of the things that we can fix you know as a community by getting the schools involved am i getting kids involved am i starting education early so uh, my my child is no longer in the the chappaqua schools he's a 2019 greeley graduate um so i'm not as close as to what is happening with schools but there were a lot of programs that were driven by the pta i remember helping out with the composting education in the roaring book lunchroom which directly taught lessons about food waste um you know generations of kids they've tossed away those unopened milk cartons and carrots and you know Food waste is really, really heavy, and we have to pay to haul that away. Um, but also, food waste could do some good. It can be, it, you know, it's great in composting. And, you know, I know there's been some push for uh, New York State and pushing laws about uh, food recovery. So Newcastle, by offering the food scrap recovery, uh, the food scrap recycling program to the residents. And then there was also, I believe, some composting at the, at the school level. Um, but incorporating programs like that into the education and recreation activities, it serves a dual purpose and it doesn't add time to a student's day, you know, our kids' day. 
know, scout troops have merit badges with recycling component. Um, elementary school classes can take field trips to the Newcastle Recycling Center. Um, you know, but a lot of these things might be driven by volunteers. And so that's where, you know, you know, amazing volunteers that really are so helpful at the classroom level and in the community that can help do this. But like at home, families can set up a recycling station um, and, and take their kids shopping at thrift stores and resale shops and the wonderful, wonderful take it or leave it shop um, when it's open. Right now it's closed for the season, but it's generally open, I believe April through October or May. And they really expanded last year and had a lot of tables where people would bring things they wanted to leave and everyone else could come take. And that was a great way to keep items out of the garbage, you know, because one of the things that I've observed in town is that, you know, when someone wants to get rid of something, they want to get rid of it now. Um, and the easiest thing to do is throw it in the garbage. So if you give people the opportunities to not throw it in the garbage, make it easy, that's really, um, really will go a long way to reducing the waste that goes into directly into our garbage. Um, and then I think um, the other thing we wanted to just stress also, and I've seen this being, you know, in Newcastle, having a kid in the sports programs, you know, every kid now, every family, they're bringing their reusable, refillable bottles. They're, they're bringing their thermoses of coffee. And this means that you're not leaving behind um, as Diane mentioned, you know, I would see overflowing bins of garbage filled with half-consumed um, half Gatorade or water, which I don't even know what happened to that, that stuff. But now I see, you know, every kid you see is they're bringing their reusable bottle to school, to their sports events, and that goes a long way to reducing um, just the existence of those plastic bottles that we therefore would have to recycle. Yeah, it's these, you know, it's these little changes on, you know, the most fundamental levels at schools, at, in the community, they end up building on each other and you end up making a lot of impact. I think that's kind of the takeaway here. Recycling is one of those things that, like you said, doesn't really take the time out of your day. And, you know, little things like, you know, not having Gatorade and water bottles, you know, incorporate certain programs in schools, they go an incredible way towards, you know, managing our waste problem, probably not, you know, solving the root cause, but at least mitigating it, you know, in our own way, in our own backyards. So with that, I'll, I'll turn it over to Aaron for the conclusion. Yeah, uh, that was actually really interesting, Kathy. Um, I really, you know, we, we actually learned as elementary schoolers, we learned a lot about recycling and, you know, they would, I remember they would always come in and we would always have days where they would, you know, show us where to throw things out. And they've, they've really introduced that into the elementary school curriculum. Um, I also really think that it is really important to bring your water bottle to school. And that's something that like, you know, that could change so much, even if everyone brings in their water bottle and it might not seem like many people, but it's a lot of change. Uh, I'd like to thank you guys, uh, Kathy and Diane, for joining us today on uh, Newcastle Going Green. Uh, for more info, you can visit the Sustainability Advisory Board's uh, Facebook page, or you can email us at newcastlesab at gmail.com. Once again, that's newcastlesab at gmail.com. I'm Aaron Silver, signing off for now, along with Gabriel Paley and Maxine Margot Rubin, and we'll see you next time.